Welcome to the Channel Tribe. In this session of TT Tribe Cast webinar, we are having Guy Three Mohan discussing on continuous testing strategy for CFRs. Huge shout out to BrowserStack, our exclusive sponsor for all community events and premier sponsor for conferences. We thank them for supporting this event. So I welcome all of you to this webinar by Gayatri Mohan on continuous testing strategy for cross-functional requirements. Now I would like to call on stage Gayatri. Gayatri, uh, to say a little bit about her, she joined ThoughtWorks uh, after her college as a quality analyst in 2008. And since then, she has worked into multiple domains, travel, retail, banking, and uh, in a lot of range of technologies like mobile, IoT, uh, machine learning, SaaS, and more. She is author of book on O'Reilly full stack testing that was just recently launched. And she has also co-authored the ebook of ebook perspectives of agile software testing. So with that introduction, I would like to call Gayatri on the stage to take over and take the webinar on continuous testing strategy of for cross-functional requirements. Yes, Gayatri. You can Thanks, Vanshika. Thanks for, in, for the introduction and um, hello everyone. Um, really happy to see a lot of folks being present here. Um, let me share my screen and begin the talk. Once again, I think uh, happy to be here. I, I'm um, really looking, I was really looking forward to the talk and uh, getting to know the community of testers that is uh, part of these events regularly. I mean, um, Having that enthusiasm to join on a Saturday is uh, evidence of how keen uh, about uh, you all are about learning something and uh, uh, big kudos to that. So coming to the topic of today, continuous testing um, strategy for cross-functional requirements. So there are a couple of heavyweight items there uh, like continuous testing and cross-functional requirements. We'll get into the depth of what those terms really mean and uh, for those who are new to those terms in the course of the talk. Um, and a uh, uh, short introduction, I think uh, Vanshika had already spoken about me. Um, so uh, a bit more about me is currently I'm sitting in the UK. Um, I'm a principal quality analyst with ThoughtWorks. Uh, have been a member of Tech Advisory Board and ThoughtWorks India um, and also played multiple roles like Global QSME for ThoughtWorks Capabilities, Office Tech Principal for ThoughtWorks Chennai Office. Um, so that's about me. And um, uh, recently I got a, a great opportunity to author a book. And whatever concepts that we are going to discuss today is also part of the book. And I'm happy to actually present some of them as part of this talk today. So we'll quick, we'll be covering these items. The flow will be will be having an introduction to cross-functional requirements, um, introduction to continuous testing as a concept, and uh, we'll put those two together to form the continuous testing strategy for cross-functional requirements. 
and we'll take a couple of examples like security and accessibility which are cross functional requirements and apply the strategy to understand the strategy bit better so starting off with introduction to cross functional requirements so we'll take an example um uh, of a three tier e-commerce web application um so when we say e-commerce application something like an amazon um or flipkart whatever uh for simplicity and for sake of understanding uh, let's just say that we have just three layers one is the ui layer and then there are the services layer and then there is a centralized database um and to give a bit more information let's just say that there is an identity and access management service which does the authentication and authorization part and then there is the order service which manages the orders from the ui like creating an order updating an order deleting an order all those sorts of stuff and then there is a payment service which manages the uh, capture refund and cancelling of payments so when we think of such an application immediately if we have to um, jump into the list of requirements and uh, how do we go about building uh, these uh, capabilities in the application i think we'll quickly um will be able to capture the functional requirements and uh, we'll soon enough have a bunch of these functional requirements uh, gathered for example we'll know that uh, user should be able to log in and browse the product catalog user should be able to purchase an item and get it delivered user should be able to manage their orders i mean uh, these are very typical functional requirements that will satisfy the existence of the e-commerce application itself um these are just examples but i'm sure it is easy to capture all of these functional requirements uh, if we talk to the smes and this is something that the team is very comfortable with so now let's say um so we have finally chosen a product on the e-commerce application and uh, it took more than 2 minutes to add the product to the shopping cart right the functionally you were able to add the product to the shopping cart but it took 2 minutes to add the product to the shopping cart or let's say we were able to make a payment with our card successfully after completing all the functional requirements but we the card details are open on the internet next day will we continue to use that application no right um it's not really usable nobody wants to have such an uh, um such a bad experience with the application even though the it was functionally working right we were able to add a cart and make a payment so functionally it was working still we wouldn't use the application so that's where cfrs or the cross functional requirements come into play where uh, the cross functional requirement will be if and if any action happens on the application it should be completed within x seconds right uh, like it will be like uh, you should be able to add a product within 10 seconds or 2 seconds and that is something that applies to actions across the application not just on the shopping cart but any action that you make on the application you should be able to see a response within x seconds 
and that's when you'll be able to satisfy your customer and uh, another aspect is you should be able to transmit and store the personal details of the uh, user securely uh, otherwise there's i mean nobody is going to get back to your application or you will also be facing some sort of legal issues later on because the personal information um has to be secure uh, without any question so these will be the cfr for the relevant uh, uh, uh problem statements that we spoke about and uh, it doesn't stop there we'll come to a list of cross functional requirements in a bit so that given that introduction of examples we can actually say that this can be broadly a definition for cross functional requirements right cross functional requirements refer to those features of an application that have to be built into every functional feature so there was a functional feature to add to shopping cart and there was a functional feature to add to payment and cross functional requirements doesn't stop with but one particular functional feature but it has to be built into every functional feature that's why it's called cross functional requirements for example the security is not something that you build only when you're paying your uh, card information but it's also about uh, handling the users uh, personal details um, and similarly the response time is something that is across the application so um because it is so broad the list of functional cross functional requirements we can actually try to visualize it into two broad buckets one is executional qualities and the evolutionary qualities so um cross functional requirements typically try to gather the executional qualities in terms of availability of the application authentication related requirements monitoring security which are qualities of the application during executional time an evolutionary quality something which is uh, um, like maintainability scalability extensibility right like so uh, as the application grows and scales into um, scales beyond the uh, core functionality and cross border uh, needs cross functional requirements once again try to establish those qualities for the application so these are very essential for the business to survive basically so you can actually deliver the very core functional requirement of delivering the product but if we are not actually happy with the executional qualities uh, the customer will be very unhappy Uh, and if we are not focusing on evolutionary qualities mainly the software development team will be affected because there's no maintainability we can't extend quickly and also the business will be hit because scalability is not catered to uh, and eventually your customer will be unhappy as well so what are some of these critical cfrs so these are like a lot of liteis uh, like you can see there's auditability recoverability portability there are a lot of liteis here and uh, this is just uh, 
some of the critical ones i know i wanted to emphasize on that that there are a lot more than this so um if you see building if evolutionary architecture book lists are more than 30 plus cfrs um and there are a lot more uh, to it and the people use different flavors to the same cfrs um as well but the crux of it is understanding what it means to our application that we are building so uh, i think um, it is essential to call out uh, the difference between cross functional and non functional requirements because people are usually uh, accustomed to hearing the term non functional requirements and uh, um why why do we prefer to say cross functional requirements rather than non functional requirements is because the requirements are actually spread across the application and need to be built and tested as part of every feature so the name itself is something um if you say non functional requirement it feels like you know you can actually put it at the back of the backlog and uh, the priority why is it takes a back seat and i've seen a lot of clients where uh, non functional requirements are not captured until a very late stage uh, but uh, you can't actually build the non functional requirements at the end uh, but it has to be built in right from the beginning uh, with within each functionality within each story to make the application cater to those requirements right so uh, that's the name that's why Uh, it is called as cross functional requirements and uh, uh, at, at least uh, some of us prefer to call it cross functional requirements and non functional requirements um some um uh, some more information on uh, the term cross functional requirements is that uh, sara tarapovella uh, she introduced the term you can actually look for her blog on her reasoning on what she thought of uh, when when she introduced the term and uh, folks like sam newman uh, who wrote the uh, building microservices uh, continue to use the term cross functional requirements as well and i prefer to call them cross functional requirements as well mainly because uh, it emphasizes that uh, it needs to be built into every single user story and every single feature and uh, it's not an optional stuff to park it at the end so let's move on to introducing continuous testing so um this is for i mean once again i think uh, these are basic introductions for folks uh, who are new to these terms um continuous testing continuous testing um i came across this term in one of the uh, jessambles books um i think it was continuous delivery um so he defines this as a capability where you are able to continuously test the application uh using both manual and automated testing methods for every incremental change and being able to alert the team on uh, what changes cause what deviation um and that gives an opportunity for the team to fix any kind of deviation at a very early stage so suppose let's say that uh, your performance is broken at a very 
late stage like just you are going to go live and there is uh, you do a performance testing just one week before your release and you find out there's a major performance issue that needs some architecture level changes you are actually delaying the release and you're also or you are working late hours to fix such issues which both of which are not intended outcomes so continuous testing is a method where uh, you are able to continuously test for various uh, functional and cross functional requirements using both manual and automated testing methods to give that feedback continuously to your team so uh, there are several uh, process related stuff as well that comes into picture in continuous testing um, so for example uh, shift left testing processes where uh, testing can start as early as uh, verifying the design prototypes um, being able to add uh, uh, linters and uh, uniters and being able to run them on the developer machine and get the feedback as early as possible um, and then actually doing some devbox testing um, functional acceptance criteria is being run as smoke tests also cross functional requirements are run as smoke tests and continued by manual exploratory testing so manual exploratory testing uh, is a phase that i wanted to highlight specifically because uh, manual exploratory testing um, is a phase where you can actually explore for both functional and cross functional requirements um, so that is a very key part um, and uh, if we just focus on just a set of requirements that come in as user stories that 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 doesn't solve the intent of continuous testing but you are actually your skill to go and explore around all the edge cases and uh, figure out what are the functional and cross functional um edge cases will make sure the continuous testing process is complete so um why do we do all of these things because it uh, helps us to be able to do continuous delivery so continuous delivery is the capability to be production ready at any given point in time um so that the business can actually reap the benefit of building such a software so early time to market you're able to test whether your product is actually meeting the customer requirements and get the feedback on real time and then actually be able to incorporate some of the new features in a very quicker uh, cycles so that's the value of doing such a um, rigorous process of continuous testing uh, following the, those practices following those um, tools and all of those things so uh, understanding um, the value out of continuous testing both functional and cross functional requirements um, is not only enough for the team but uh, sometimes we also have to educate the business folks um to invest in such kind of uh, testing methodologies um to and to make them understand the uh, that they'll be able to do continuous delivery if they are in a place that is the, the where the code is production ready all the time so that's some um, um that's some overview on continuous testing and uh, some more benefits that reaps that i've seen are 
So first of all, it uh, helps in achieving common quality goals. So uh, when the team knows that these sort of requirements are added into your pipeline itself, then they know that if, uh, okay, I need to make sure that the performance is within X seconds for every check-in that I make. So that's a common quality goal uh, that everybody will start working towards and it will be like continuously worked upon and the awareness has prevailed. And early defect detection because uh, for every small change you are getting the feedback and the opportunity to fix it. There is enhanced collaboration basically. Uh, we Once we establish the common quality goals, people actually know that we have to collaborate to achieve those things. Combined delivery ownership, there's no pointing fingers saying that that particular person did this uh, and so the performance went down or so the security went down. But uh, for, for every incremental change, you know that um, uh, we have to achieve the quality goals and there's an ownership of uh, combinedly delivering. Capability to deliver on demand, uh, as, I, as we spoke about the continuous delivery possibility, right, for the team to be able to deliver it. Uh, continuously and achieve the four key metrics for a high performance team. Four key metrics is another uh, industry standard that uh, that many teams are actually trying to adopt to. Um, it, it, uh, it, uh, it tries to establish uh, how the team is performing, uh, how the software team is performing in terms of uh, four uh, different angles. Uh, we'll not go into that in detail. Um, but the continuous testing uh, process helps in achieving the goals of the 4K metrics as well. So continuous testing strategy for CFRs. Now that we have had the introduction for continuous testing and also for cross-functional requirements, what can be a strategy for cross-functional continuous testing the cross-functional requirements? Uh, why? So at this juncture, right, I mean, uh, uh, why do we need a specific strategy for cross-functional requirements? I wanted to address that point. Um, so if we see functional requirements, I think we are very, very comfortable with the addressing the continuous testing of functional requirements. Like we know that we need to write unit tests, then we need to write integration tests. Uh, and uh, I think most of us even contribute to uh, functional automation, right? We write uh, services tests, we write... Uh, end-to-end -end, uh, So those are well-established processes. Uh, but when it comes to cross-functional requirements, I think it is mostly very vague. And uh, sometimes uh, um, the approach to uh, continuous testing them is uh, left out mainly because um, it does it does not actually directly contribute, directly attach itself to a particular method or testing methodology or testing tool. So um, this particular section, I wanted to give that uh, uh, learning of uh, how can we attach the different testing techniques that are available to test some of the cross-functional requirements and what are the tools that can be adopted uh, to continuous test the cross-functional requirements. That will be what uh, we'll be talking about as part of the strategy. So. Uh, just because that we have a lot of uh, cross-functional requirements, right? Like um, we need to have a approach to, um, um, I mean, assimilating them in our mindset. So earlier 
we saw that they cater to two broad buckets, which is like they cater to for executional and evolutionary qualities. And uh, now, if we have to further deep dive and uh, have a much more clearer picture, we can adopt the FIRST model. So all the cross-functional requirements will typically form fall under these five buckets of um, five buckets. Let's call it five buckets. Uh, the first model is nothing but an acronym which stands for functionality, usability, reliability, performance, and su supportability. And uh, if you see functionality, it is a category of re requirements that can be realized as user flows. So in, if we have to take, uh, for example, authentication, which is a cross-functional requirement, it can be realized as a user flow, right? Like you can, you'll be able to log in. Um, you can have uh, multi-factor authentication, um, and if you see accessibility for that matter, uh, that's also something that you can realize as user flows, which is once again a cross-functional requirement. And uh, usability—it's a category of requirement that affects the user experience. So, uh, user experience in the sense like how how it is actually. Uh, visually appealing one is that um, how is the design for that matter is it really usable like we were saying uh, does it take 10 clicks to finish an operation where it could have actually listed everything on the first page so those kind of user experience related uh, cross-functional requirements and reliability once again i think there are a bunch of cross-functional requirements that can be that can be uh, grouped in under reliability um, basically, these sort of requirements make the application fault tolerant. Um, so, like we'll we'll get into those details of it. But if you see, um, there is um, um, you 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 need to actually have um, uh, you know backups, archivals, and all of those things. It will make it a fault tolerant application. Performance, I think it is very obvious, one uh, which is uh, we understand front and back and all of performance KPIs like availability, throughput. Um, and then supportability, these are specifically talking about the evolutionary code qualities like maintainability, testability, secure code, um, those kind of evolutionary code qualities that we spoke about. So uh, this is to actually um, begin with our uh, testing approach just be and uh, once again we are adopting this model because there are a lot of uh, cross functional requirements that uh, i that i spoke about in the previous slides and to actually uh, have a visual understanding of uh, uh, how to apply some of the existing testing techniques and tools is why we are talking about a model here so um, adopting that morphs model um, now, we, uh, the testing techniques that can be applied um, for the CFRs that fall under those buckets. So for functionality, I think uh, it is uh, something that is, I've spoken about is manual exploratory testing is very important. Uh, that is one testing technique. Functional test automation includes the bucket of unit integration services end-to-end, um, -end, like the entire functional test automation te testing techniques. There's data testing techniques um, that have come into picture, like you have uh, um, 
the uh, uh, like DQ, Kafka related uh, testing methodologies that are coming into picture. Usability, I think we spoke about uh, the visual experience, the user experience related stuff. Uh, and there's also accessibility testing techniques that are available right now. Uh, in the next slide, we'll be talking about the testing tools that can be used for each of these things. So that will give a much further clearer picture on um, these testing techniques itself. And then the reliability part can be tested with by stress testing, chaos engineering, infrastructure testing methods, right? Like the infrastructure is one of the backbone of uh, our application. And uh, to make the application fault tolerant, infrastructure part has to be tested. And some of the testing techniques that are available, testing tools that are available for infrastructure, something that we'll talk about in the next slide as well. Performance, back-end performance, front-end performance. And supportability part, I think the evolutionary code qualities that we have been talking about, um, I think there are architectural fitness tests, uh, which make sure that uh, the maintainability part is uh, maintained. Some of the CFRs like maintainability, supportability, extendability, or some, some uh, can be actually automated and included into your uh, continuous testing pipelines. Static code analyzer have always existed, which gives us the critical feedback of the uh, code quality itself. Uh, it also, there are other things like um, um, it, it gives the maintain, it also contributes to maintainability of the code part. Um, dynamic code analyzers have existed uh, to support various uh, cross-functional requirements, linters for that matter. So broadly, if we have to approach cross-functional requirements continuous testing, uh, these are the testing techniques that are available for us. And uh, uh, while we go inside each one of them and look into the tools, it might actually give a clearer picture. Um, so uh, some of the tools, the testing tools part was uh, like, we know that manual exploratory testing, I think for functional functionality, I think these are some of the things that we'll be very familiar with whoever comes from the functional background. Like you have Postman, Browsers, Workman. I don't think uh, many of us need introductions to that. Functional test automation, as I was saying, uh, unit, uh, um, all those you know, the services, end-to-end tests, contractors, um, all of those things for help us do that. Data testing part, I think, uh, containers, DQ, great expectations, all of those things are helping us to do um, uh, the continuous testing part. And uh, these tests can be added to the continuous testing pipeline as well, like the CACD pipeline as well. When we come to usability, I think visual testing uh, has been, ha, I mean, it's very, it's very, very well adopted right now. Um, some of the tools that help us do is backstop JS, Cypress, Happily Tools, etc. Uh, user experience testing, I think there are A-B testing tools, prototype testing tools like user zoom, optical workshop, and accessibility testing tools, I think, uh, once again, a widely adopted uh, uh, set of tools that are given there, Lighthouse, Wave. So when we come to reliability, I think we, we talked about stress testing, making sure that uh, we are giving enough stress to the application and seeing if, the, if it can handle that stress and um, be uh, incorporate that fault tolerant mechanisms or when there is stress. 
So uh, some of the performance testing tools that are um, in that are available can be utilized to for test testing as well. And chaos engineering is another engineering practice that has come into picture. Uh, we um, where it makes sure that uh, you you um, unveil some of the unknown unknowns. Uh, you there is a set of process that. Uh, process practices that comes under chaos engineering um, but the tool wise i think chaos toolkit chaos monkey some very different tools are available to make sure that uh, we are able to actually unveil some of those uh, aspects that will give stability for the application and make it fault tolerant that was reliability for us infrastructure testing um, tfln like th there are a set of tools that you can adopt to Make sure that the infrastructure is pinned up uh, um, with the requirements that we initially asked for and it's scalable, then it is compliant. Back in, back in performance testing, in front of performance testing, these are well-established tools that are available. Supportability, I think we spoke about uh, architecture fitness tests. So the JDPend, ArcUnit, NetArch test are some some of the tests that were uh, some of the tools that can be used to make sure that uh, uh, you know, for example, that if a certain module shouldn't be actually depending on other modules, like it, it shouldn't actually have any dependency on other modules, and it should be a independent package so that it can be reused across uh, the application, then these kind of tests can be added that will actually scan for any kind of dependencies. So if there are, uh, if the and that will indicate whether the package is uh, independent or not for reusability and extendability purposes. So these, these tools actually uh, try to see if there is no uh, cyclic dependencies among packages. Um, it is just dependent on um, certain expected ones. So just to maintain the sanity of the architecture, which was initially planned. Um, once again, if we remember, supportability is a class of requirements that comes under uh, evolutionary qualities like uh, evolutionary qualities are like the maintainability, scalability, extendability of the code, readability, testability, and all of those aspects. And uh, some of them can be addressed via these uh, architecture witness tests. Static code analyzer, I think uh, uh, we know many of them exist. Some to give an example is uh, check style, which makes sure that the readability or maintainability of the code. Um, Sonar QBS code quality uh, and OWASP has a lot of static code analysis, which gives uh, feedback on security aspects as early as possible. Once again, dynamic code analyzers, Zap Dash is an example, which does uh, um, active injection, injection of uh, uh, security bugs into the system and making sure that the um, dynamically, the code is actually uh, attacked and the vulnerabilities are opened up. PA test is another uh, um, mutation testing tool, which is another way to make sure that we are able to cover the right tests in the unit test level. And linters have existed uh, for a long time. And uh, some of the linters uh, examples are ESLint. Um, unsupported browsers. So these can actually help us uh, even do cross-browser uh, 
compatibility testing so these uh, linters are can be can hint whether um, the sub the feature that we are using to build that particular functionality is uh, compatible with all the chosen browsers that, that is needed for the application so this is like we have covered broadly all the testing techniques and also the testing tools that can be helpful for achieving continuous testing of cross functional requirements and uh, um to this will be the um take away for the next section where we'll apply those things that model the tools and the techniques for one particular cfr like a security and see how we can visualize the continuous testing process for security so when we take security for that matter i think uh, um security exhibits itself in these three angles right like um um security can be broken down to be visualized in these three angles so uh, it can be functionally uh, functionality where you can have um um functionality in sense it can be realized through user flows right you can have multi factor authentications or you can have uh, um uh, the services that are actually being authenticated before calling so once you are accessing for a particular service you are actually authenticating the users authorization part all of those so security exhibits in a functional manner even for for that matter i think uh, if you are dealing with the bank application not everybody can view your account details right only you can view the your account details and probably the bank uh, employees are authorized to view some details of your account but not the others those are like some of the security functional uh, security related requirements that exhibit themselves as functional flows and then the security related requirements that exhibit themselves um, um, in the reliability format so when there are uh, potential threats how do we react to them so that we need, we can make the application fault tolerant right um and there is a supportability part where the code should not code should be checked for known vulnerabilities so um it, this will give us a picture on how to approach continuous testing of security itself so security if we have to go uh, i mean I'm, this is a very um security is a widely it, it has become very widely adopted right now but if we have to take really vague ones this is giving an idea of how can we visualize break them down and visualize um in, into this framework so that the techniques and the tools can be adopted and put them together and we can put the put a strategy together for that particular cfr so uh, if we have to do that for security right like uh, adopting some of the uh, testing techniques and the tools this was how continuous testing for st security could look like so we will have some kind of static code analysis during development like snick uh, os response dependency check and some pre commit hooks like talisman this will help during development phase and in ci i think we can have uh, sas once again static code analyzer tools there can be functional automated tests uh, there is an email there's a 
image vulnerability scanning for the infrastructure part. There are DAS tests that we can adopt. And then um, as you and as I keep emphasizing, manual exploratory testing is a very critical phase for continuous testing. Um, so a lot of uh, security related uh, um, scenarios or cases can be tested during manual exploratory testing itself. And uh, there's release level pen testing and there are RAS tools in production that will actually help us uh, build that uh, reliability factor as well. So um, they will actually monitor what are the kinds of uh, requests that are coming in. If there are odd requests that are coming in, it will learn and it will actually prevent those requests from getting successful. So this will actually tell us that um, how the tools can be put together to form a continuous testing strategy for a CFR. We can apply, we can do the same thing for another CFR, which is accessibility. And then, uh, and that should uh, give further evidence on the strategy and on the approach that we are trying to apply. Once again, I think uh, when we think of accessibility, I think it, uh, it can see we can see that it manifests into these three buckets like this functionality which is like functional force to support accessibility right like so there needs to be a transcript for every video that's an accessibility requirement and there's a usability factor like all all users with disability should be able to use the application so uh, it's just not uh, only um, the users I mean, usability doesn't stop with uh, people uh, who are able to use the uh, application normally, but with also, but also for for people with disability, like they should be able to use it with screen readers. They should be able to use with switches. So those kind of usability related uh, stuff come into picture for accessibility. And then there's supportability part where the code and the evolution, the qualities needs to be validated. Like for accessibility, we need to make sure that the code has the accessibility tags, um, the required, um, you know, alt text and all of those things built into the code to make sure that the screen reader can actually uh, read the code. Uh, read the application as it is intended to be served for the user with uh, disability. So for these three angles, I think once again, if we have to put together the continuous testing strategy, like we have uh, during the design and validation phase, we can actually, um, you know, the accessibility is one area where you can even start from the design phase. Um, that is like validation of the design with the uh, angle of uh, whether like for example like i was talking the transcripts needs to be there as part of the video section that is a design part like you need to make sure that uh, your design of the application is catering to accessibility like you need to have a simple navigation system uh, you need to have a consistent navigation system like if you're actually having um, menus, then it has to be consistent across all the pages. So some of those things are design related stuff that will cater to accessibility and while uh, making sure that the decision is appropriate is a crucial step. And during development, I, once again, I think we have static code analyzers, we have runtime checkers, those test, test, uh, testing techniques can be adopted here, which are relevant to accessibility. 
and then once again in ca you can have functional tests uh, as well for accessibility related stuff and uh, there are runtime checkers that we spoke about and manual te testing is once again very key and especially with screen readers and keyboard functional flow and uh, release testing with uh, uh, actual assistive devices is going to be helpful to understand if we are catering to all the assistive devices so um that's the full uh, that that's the uh, part of the uh, um that's the part that i wanted to conclude with saying that uh, we have uh, we have approaches that can be adopted to uh, adopted to enable continuous testing for cross functional requirements and it is no more um, a, a very vague term and uh, we, we should be able to incorporate that into our testing strategy and uh, whatever we spoke about is further elaborated in the book um, i mean i just leave it at that so summary um, cfrs define the executional and evolutionary qualities of an application i think uh, um, um, we need to understand why cfrs are important and make sure our business stakeholders also understand why cfrs are important now it starts from there um, from whatever client experience that i have had it is very easy to miss out on the cross functional requirements and uh, if we have to attack it at the very later stage it's uh, really tough to do that and cross functional requirements are as essential as functional requirements for the application success um together functional and cross functional requirements make the application a high quality product cross functional requirements can be visualized along the verbs theme like all the cross functional requirements can can be visualized to manifest within the five buckets that we spoke about in the verbs theme so uh, anything any term that you hear called as cross functional requirements the first step will be to see how it manifests itself into these buckets and then you'll have an idea of how to approach uh, the testing for that particular bucket so um, that will make it easier for us to break down um such complex cross functional requirements and be able to provide a testing strategy for that so there uh, i think we have spoken about it uh, there are techniques and tools that we can be adopt and uh, therefore continuous testing is as much as feasible as functional requirements and uh, should be included in the testing strategy so that's the end of the presentation so i uh, thank you very much um thank you gaitri we have some questions so i think we can take those now so we have megha who is asking could you please let me know what is archivability archivability i think um, so uh, archivability is uh, the term which says that um, we should be able to so there are i mean there are different ways in which i can explain <laughs> archivability like currently i'm working in a client where there is a regulatory requirement that the history of transaction that has been made on that particular client has to be maintained for 6 years 
So you need to archive all of those uh, transactions to meet some of the regulatory requirements itself, and to and there are also functionalities that depend upon the history of all the transactions that have happened for a particular client. So being able to archive all of these particular um, relevant transaction in a way that you can pull back the information. Um, in a in a in a comfortable way comfortable manner uh, for the application so for example it could be for bill generation or reports creation uh, you are actually tracking all of the transaction for a month and you are archiving it for something and you are creating some report for your user so that could be one use case for archivability you could also look back and see how you have spent that is also another um, use case of archivability Understood. I think that answers your question, Megha. We have another question from Gandhar, uh, QA engineer, STT. The question is: May you please share your thoughts more about architecture fitness test? Is there any criteria for fitness test? So, um, so. <laughs> This is such a broad area and um, I think uh, Building Evolutionary Architecture is one of the books that covers uh, uh, elaborately on uh, fitness test part of it. So, um, as I was giving one example, right, like uh, uh, let's just say that um, when there is a small team, we know everything that uh, what are the... Like just say like few developers who sit on the table across the table, you know exactly what uh, you're building. So you know that, uh, for example, the order management service uh, should be independent. You know that all the order creation, order updation, order deletion stuff should go inside order management service. And uh, tomorrow, if there is going to be a mobile app for the e-commerce application, you know that you can reutilize the order management service to cater to the mobile application as well. And so it needs to be an independent package. Um, but when there are big teams, right, like when there are really big teams and um, what could happen is people might actually override the um, package being independent factor um, that makes it reusable, like it, it is catering to reusability as a CFR, right? So for a, for when it is a small team, you know that reusability is a critical CFR and you are actually making sure that the order management service is reusable by making it an independent component. But when there are multi, when there are large team, it is very difficult to make sure that reusability is a very important CFR and hence you have to keep your components independent and you should not have cyclic dependencies between components. Um, how do you enforce this kind of a thought process? Like, as I said, if it is a functional requirement and it is orchestrated between multiple teams, of uh, then it is possible to write a smoke test. Like, for example, one team is dealing with order service, one team is dealing with payment service, and one team is de dealing with IAM service then it is possible to just deploy all the services into an end-to-end -end environment and write the smoke test to make sure that the all the three services are um, acting together to be able to deliver the functional value. But for the reusability part, how do we ensure that it uh, happens? 
how do we ensure that they are still kept in a uh, place where it is independent and it is uh, easily plugged out and pluggable and into other places so that will be the um use case and uh, that will be one example where these kind of architecture tests will be very uh, helpful to manage the initial thought process of why that uh, component is made uh, abstract or abstracted in a certain way understood understood i think that answers your question gandhar when you can probably read more on that um, from the example that gaitri has given um the next question the last question we have is from shetesh um hitesh is asking can you please share some info on how to implement performance testing early in sdlc stages sure so um i think um, i have spoken about this in my book as well um, very elaborately because performance is one thing um, i feel like uh, it's most critical but at the same time we don't actually do it as early but do it only at the later stages um so some things that can be very easy and uh, you can also strategize it is like adding some you pick up some of the critical endpoints like critical apis that needs to be um like for example let's just say that searching for product right in a e-commerce application on a black friday or some kind of a um, high volume scenario it's going to be hit more than once i mean it it's going to be used more than any other apis if you see that kind of a critical need for that particular um, api then making sure that we add up a performance test with the response time and the expected load for that particular ap at least as part of your smoke test or as part of your regression test uh, will ensure that you get that feedback as early as possible for every commit or you can even strategize it at, at least to do that um, you know at the like in a nightly regression way based on how comfortable is your business with providing that that kind of uh, environment or that kind of uh, cost and all of those things i think as qas um, we need to influence in getting those things and there is no other way that i look at uh, in sacrificing those and um, uh, i mean that's a part i still i think business needs to understand and there's a possibility they might say no but as simple as actually validating the response time uh, on a predicted load will be something that we can do as early as the ca cd pipelines for every commit understand thank you uh, gaiti for that answer i think that brings us to the end of our session uh, thank you so much gaiti for being a part of this session uh, and also joining in so early uh, it's early there in your place so uh, so thank you for joining in there are a lot of your book readers here also and you know i can see that they they are reading the book and they are loving it so thank you for sharing your insights with us uh, a huge shout out to uh, browser stack our exclusive sponsor for all community events and our premier sponsor for the conferences we thank them a lot for their support in conducting all of these events uh, thank you to all the attendees for joining in today 
uh, we know that joining in on a weekend uh, is a bit difficult or tricky but you joined in and you uh, you had that initiative to learn something on a weekend that's great so big thank you for joining in hopefully we'll meet you again in another session and we learn more in those sessions so thank you bye and happy weekend thank you everyone thanks for joining and have a great weekend nice meeting